Hi, it's Pete Lawler from The Australian. Thanks for listening to Cricket Etc. This podcast is made possible with the support of The Australian subscribers. Subscribers can hear new episodes first via The Australian app and access The Australian's cricket coverage and analysis on all devices. To view our range of subscription offers, visit theaustralian.com.au slash subscription. It's Gideon Hay from The Australian over here. And it's Peter Lawler from The Australian over here. And welcome to Cricket Etc., the Australian's cricket podcast. Last edition of the Boxing Day Test, won convincingly by Australia by innings of 182 runs today, ending a long drought of Australian success against South Africa on the shores. But um, uh, emphatic refutation of uh, of that previous predominance uh, and they also take the Australia take the series out two nil. We move on to Sydney for a dead test, but uh, you know, I must say it looked pretty dead to me out there today, Pete. But uh, what did you make of uh, proceedings? Well, it's it's a it's a mark of how well Australian cricket's mm. going and how badly um, South African cricket is going, mm. isn't it? Um, let's concentrate on the positives mm-hmm. from the start. Uh, uh, you know, you can only play what's there, and that's what Australia has done in the past twelve months, hasn't it? Twenty twenty two has been yep. a very good period for them. They, they've won the Ashes. They went to Pakistan and won. They held their own in Sri Lanka. They beat West Indies, and now they've beaten South Africa mm. and. That was once a significant achievement. And as you said, I think they've only won two series at home previously, I think, against Mm. the South Africans. Curious how at home South Africans feel in Australia. Yes, Which you can also measure by how many of them settle here. Um, And we're happy to have you here if you're a South African listener. And Australia has not historically historically done badly in South Africa. You know, 2018 was a a black mark on our record, but... um, Test matches have on in both countries have been keenly contested. Yeah, it's funny. The two teams sort of have a, an inverse home-away record, don't they, yeah. or for the one you'd expect. But, you know, getting back to how Australia did in this test, I mean, it was a great performance. You know, it's Stark getting out there today and bowling with a crook mm. finger and yep. ironically realising that by taking the pressure off that uh, rude finger, mm. they mm. Take leave, easing that, that pressure, the, the grip on the ball, he actually swings it more. Um, he admitted that. And Bologna yeah. pointed that out, and Stark mm. said Stark said it later in the press conference. But you know, we've mentioned we've mentioned the performances, and Nathan Lyon got the three wickets to take mm. him to forty-seven wickets, which draws him in uh, on alongside KG Rabada, doesn't it, as the highest wicket taker in Test cricket this year mm, in the twelve-month period, forty-seven wickets. But what I really liked to get in was. Just the the tone which mm-hmm. Australia is playing mm-hmm. cricket at the moment. Steve, mm-hmm. Steve Smith took that last wicket, tossed mm-hmm. it up. They've won the series. There was no triumphalism, no, no carry on. No, Steve weren't. Smith turned yeah. around, got his cap from the umpire, put it on his head. You know, there was some some sort of emotional embraces, and it was it was significant to note that David Warner was in the middle of a sort of. Uh, they're going to call it a gangbang, which would be really inappropriate, <laughs> wouldn't it? <laughs> sort of, <laughs> you know, Pat Cummins, mm. Alex Carey, Amanus Labuschagne had him in a group hug. Mm. Um, 
It had a while to get used to the uh, result. I mean, it was a pretty much a foregone conclusion, I think, yeah. from, you know, probably the middle of the second day. There's no, okay, um, yeah, sure, yeah. Uh, given and that. And they're, but... they're a mature and experienced team who do know what they're doing and they're very efficient at, uh, at executing them. They had a ton of time. Time wasn't an issue. Uh, they were really negotiating the margin of victory, weren't they? They go about things calmly. That's, mm, yeah. I think, my point. You know, it was a very calm walk off the ground. I mean, I've seen, you know, that the, we have seen some ridiculous displays of triumphalism, mm, from us, uh, particularly from Australia, but, you know, not just Australia mm. in, in series wins in recent years. You know, you will never forget that uh, that ashes, four fingers mm, in the air thing, the, whatever that one body was. Yes, yep. And yep, I can the remember the parade float. India's team manager running on with the with the flag in, in mm. when they won that match in uh, where was that? It was in Melbourne, wasn't it? In the yeah, 2008 that's right. Nine yes. series. Yep. yep, yep, yep. All those sorts, all that sort of carry on that we kind of got. You know, it became that sort of excess that had become part yeah. of Australian cricket mm. or, or, or cricket in general. I think um, it's better place, and and it was. It was nice to watch Stark and Cummins in the press conference later. Um, he's kind of like his emotional support best friend to, to accompanied him to the press conference there. And, and yeah, they didn't carry on, but, you know, they, they were in a very good mood. Stark, of course, was joking about his um, – the, the run-out or not run-outs oh, with yes. uh, yes. Tanis de Braun. Apparently, he'd warned him last night. Yeah. He'd had a quiet yeah. word to him last night and said, mate, he says, and then he did it again, and then he did it again. He said, oh, he was halfway down Punt Road, as mm. Stark and said. And de Braun was complaining that he wasn't doing it deliberately. Yeah, and mm. Stark said, yeah, but I've got to keep my foot behind yeah. the line, mate. Yeah. You could at least do that. It's, it's test ridiculous. cricket. If I'd been in his position, like, I would have run him out, frankly. Well, pushed on it and pushed on it. Uh, and he, he said, I've, I've always said I wouldn't do it. And then I said, oh, come on. Then you have to draw line at some point. Yeah. He, he turned to Pat and said, could I? And Pat said, no, oh, yeah, you probably could if you had to. So <laughs> there you go. But uh, that was all in good cheer. And uh, they uh, – we did an embargoed press conference, David Warner, the contents of which I cannot disclose. But I can Are we tell even you allowed to late. mention that the press conference happened? Oh, that's a good point. I yeah, probably we, yeah breach protocol. It's all right. Jeez, we'll keep it. Good. We'll keep it amongst but, ourselves. But I can tell you that um, Ponting was called down to the rooms to make a presentation. Mm. To Warner on behalf of Australian cricket and the Australian team. I didn't quite see what it was, but it looked like some sort of framed picture and thing. It was, mm -hmm. it was a really nice looking scene in there. He had his kids sitting on the bench, mm. kicking their legs and sort of <laughs> not that interested in what, what was going on because they <laughs> yeah. love Marnus, yeah. not Dad. Yeah. Um, that was good. Um, what's the other thing that happened? Oh, yeah. I'm hearing whispers that, um, well, pretty strong whispers, that they're going to call Matthew Renshaw. Mm. in to boost the squad. And I would assume that the other person that they'll call in will be Ashton Agar. Yes. Um, yeah. yeah, but uh, As a he's had a pretty, he's had a pretty good... That they, that they might field in India. Yeah, that's mm. exactly it. And uh, he's he's, go he's going like the clappers this mm. year, isn't he, Renshaw? He started with a 200 not He's made a 200 not out against New South Wales. Mm. He made it. 80-odd and 101 in that Prime Minister's 11 match. I think he's averaging 
80. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what he's played 11 tests. I think he played his last one in 2018, wasn't it? And and he recently declared, I'm ready. I kind of like that. It was mm, bold. Yeah. I'm ready for yeah. test cricket yeah. again. You yeah. know, come and get me. It's interesting. So, he's had the two years down the list, hasn't he, for uh, for, for Queensland? And um, I think that's actually made his game a bit more complete. I uh, think he's mm. a better player of spin now as a result of having faced more of it. Uh, I always thought that he had a, a touch of class and it was inevitable that, that he would eventually be back. He had a bit of growing up to do, I suspect. I, th- I think he was a pretty immature young cricketer. It came to him very quickly, perhaps before he was slightly ready. But, uh, gee, you know, he's just got a stamp of quality about him, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, that's there's a few things to look forward, for, mm. forward to. I mean, I, of course, want to see Lance Morris in Sydney because, you know, we all love that that sort Gives of us something um, to write about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. High barracking, octane. Barracking for the yarn. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we can dust off a few adjectives, can't we, for that? <laughs> so, <laughs> um, anyway, why don't we have a break and come uh, back with what? Good idea. What will we come back well, with? We might talk about South Africa a little bit. Um, in uh, that's a very good tones. idea. Yeah, yeah. Probably do with a sort of a tonal interruption at this point. So back in a moment. G'day, it's Matty Johns here from the Matty Johns Podcast. Now, each week on a Wednesday, I'm going to talk rugby league, bringing listeners to the very latest from the NRL, including insight analysis from one of the sharpest minds in the game, Cooper Crom. Plus, on Fridays, we'll bring you inside the Johns family household. When I googled electric eel, it came up with the most frequently asked questions. First one was, can I power my house with electric eels? <laughs> Whether it's uh, NRL or laughs, there's something in this podcast for everyone. Search for the Matty Johns podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back on Cricket Etc. Well, on the funicular railroad of international cricket, it seems that Australia's going up and South Africa's trending down. It was a pretty grim old day for South Africa. Grim old test, grim series, quite frankly. Um, I think they've been fooling themselves a bit this rubber, thinking once again that their pace bowlers could uh, could continue getting them over the line. But uh, when you're facing <laughs> against pace bowlers of equivalent, if not greater, venom, uh, it becomes much more difficult to, uh, to, to stage a contest. And it was a pretty abject batting performance today from, uh, from South Africa, I thought. Uh, I don't know what you made of it, Peter, but um, you know the, the the wave of retirements through South African cricket. We've talked about this before. Has uh, you know, like the proverbial receding tide, revealed who's swimming naked. Uh, really, there is just when you, when you consider the heritage of South African batsmanship in the last fifteen to twenty years, this team measures up very very poorly. Yeah, it was a pretty grim. Uh, I, I was actually in the press conferences tonight, Gideon, um, and Dean Elgar was pretty. It was pretty downbeat. Um, so I said, Look, "There's no hiding from it. The negatives outweigh the positives in this Test match." Um, and there's a lot of inexperience in the batsmen, and pushed on what sort of messages he was send, sending to them. He says, kind of basically assure them that they're not crap cricketers. Mm. Mm. They make a lot of mistakes for good cricketers, if if that's the case. Uh, I thought there were some really kind of rudimentary errors today. Uh, the running between the wickets was pitiful. Uh, the 
no, we, we could start with uh, Tennis to Brain, um, who basically is completely incapable of staying within his crease at the at the bowler's end and was lucky not to be uh, not to be punished. Uh, then Temper Bavuma was involved in two appalling runouts. The first one probably that the blame was shared with Zondo it was a pretty optimistic call in the first place. But I don't, Zondo has the opposite problem to the brain; he just doesn't move at the non-striker's end. He was slightly outside outside his ground, but he wasn't moving anywhere. He's very late to get going and um, and couldn't seem to get underway and was a long way out when Travis Head's direct hit uh, took the stumps, strikers in. And then there was that terrible misunderstanding with uh, Maharaj, which probably was largely Bavuna's fault. Um, you know, really just a complete failure to communicate and to uh, and to respond. Partners who basically don't trust each other. And we both remarked on that weird technique that Bavuma has of swapping hands with his bat or swiveling, turning blind, and then trying to recover vision, trying to work out where the ball is again, and then sort of half committing and then basically leading the um leading his teammate to destruction. So that was just poor. That's just basic error. You'd be embarrassed by that in uh, in club cricket, I think. He he not only turns blind, he actually was reversing. Mm. On the yeah. turn. It was yeah. truly bizarre. And it's just a lack of attention to detail, isn't it, yes, really? Yeah. It is a lack of attention to detail. It's the kind of thing that players who reach international level shouldn't even need reminding of. So I kind of question the coaching, if the, if the coaches aren't getting these messages across. But ultimately, of course, the responsibility lies with the batsman. And you got a feeling that you get a feeling that South African domestic cricket uh, just isn't preparing players for uh, for international level the gap between international and domestic cricket which is a which is a problem in every country now but perhaps it's opened to uh, to such proportions as to uh, as to threaten the continuity of the South African test team yeah algo was careful not to say anything about the sort of systems and structures because mm. we always get to those things don't we but he did say that he's hoping that they would be playing more first class cricket next year They've yeah. certainly reduced it at the moment, haven't they? Yeah, and of course they're racing back to South Africa at the end of the Sydney Test in order to play the uh, SA20. So it kind of shows where their priorities lie at the moment. Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely correct. So it's all pretty grim for them, isn't it? And are you kind of hoping that somebody would do something to uh, sort of, you know, just have something to take away from this Test match? And I suppose to some degree. The uh, the wicketkeeper has gone all right, hasn't he? Mm, Verena, yeah, he's, yeah. he's had a good series, I reckon. And but he, did, but he also but he also dropped Warner rudimentary chance behind the stumps down the leg side uh, when he was on 121. So yeah. know, he's, he's, yeah. he looks to me like a keeper. He like a, a, a batter who can keep a bit, and mm. that's a that's a classic uh, defensive selection uh, choice for a team that's kind of lacking in confidence. It was, you know, you could always tell when England were panicking back in the 90s when they dropped Jack Russell and they made mm. Alex Stewart keep wickets. Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely correct. But, um, mm, well, that's all they've got at the moment, haven't they? I don't know, do they mm. shuffle the cards again for the last match? I'm not sure. And uh, it'll be interesting to see what sort of deck we get in Sydney. Yes. Apparently it looks pretty baked dry and up and down in those BBL matches. And I'm even hearing that the, the curator might, might be changing his mind about 
which pitch he's going to use for the test oh, match, really? which is a bad – That a is a very bad sign. Yeah. 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 I, I have watched a few of those um, games in the BBL and the pitches have looked very, very ordinary. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, T20, it maybe doesn't matter quite so much, but uh, boy, oh boy, it uh, it reveals the capabilities of a, of a curator, doesn't it? A, a test match. It um, sure does, yeah. Gideon, I'm just checking on our ticket sales for our event. God. Oh. To get to more important matters, go on. Yeah, but of course I don't know where it is. It's it's in a tweet somewhere, isn't it? So you keep talking. Oh, there it is. Hang on, I've got it. Look at us, well-oiled machine that we are. Um, how many are left? Let's just say enough to justify your continued interest if you haven't booked so far. So can we? Maybe we can do the details again. It's the third of January. That's the night before the test match. It's Willie the Boatman in St. Peter's, Albo's <laughs> local, among other famous personages. Uh, Justin Langer is our special guest. Oh, Pete, you've got a point to raise. Ten tickets left. What? Get in fast. Right, okay. Yeah, I'm afraid. I might, I might numbers sell Numbers are spots. strictly limited. Or call me and I'll sell you a spot on the guest list. <laughs> Going cheap. Yeah. Not that cheap, though. Justin Lang, right. is our, um, Justin Lang is our special guest. Uh, looking forward very much to that. Um, it's going to be a really fun night. Willie the Boatman, a fantastic venue. Always good to talk cricket around about this time of year. Uh, Test match cricket throws up fantastic storylines. There's just nothing like it. Um, even a one-sided test match leaves us things to, uh, to to talk about, things to complain about, uh, things to revisit, uh, nostalgic recollections. Um, it's cricket season's greetings from uh, from from cricket, etc. Uh, we're looking forward to having you with us uh, for the Sydney Test match again. Anything else to report, Pete? No, no, I'm all reported out. I don't know if you can see. I'm actually in bed. <laughs> I can. I can. I'm in bed, and it's eight thirty. God help me. <laughs> All right. Well, it's been a long day here too. Um, thanks for your company during this Boxing Day test. We'll be back next week with another episode of Cricket Etc. In the meantime, it's good night from me, and it's good night from me. The podcast Faith on Trial looks into Hillsong, both in Australia and the U.S., and takes both the listener and hosts on unexpected twists and turns in the story of Brian Houston and the singing preachers. There are two incidents involving Pastor Brian. The Australian journalists uncovered a litany of alleged criminal behavior in the megachurch. Financial gifts were being given to the leaders of the church. Listen to Faith on Trial Hillsong ad-free on Crimex Plus on Apple Podcasts today or wherever you get your podcasts.